0: This month, the IU Art Museum features a special exhibition of British watercolors from a collection which actually predates the founding of the museum to a purchase made in 1916 by the then sole professor in the IU School of Fine Arts, Alfred Mansfield Brooks, museum curator of works on paper, Nanette Brewer. That collection was the first major purchase of fine arts by
1: Indiana University. When the museum was founded in 1941... That collection, including a Thomas Gurton watercolor that is currently up in this small installation... Um, really formed the core of our British watercolor collection. We've added to it over the years, including a large gift of additional British watercolors from a Bloomington collector, Leland J. Howard, in 1986. For this installation, the small, new-in-the-gallery installation, which the museum likes to put up once a month, approximately, um, to focus on things that have been in storage Um, includes eight watercolors by six different British artists. Most
0: of them are English with one Scotsman. The works in the collection tend to be small in scale. Brewer says that much of the appeal of watercolor painting in the late 18th century, the so-called golden age of watercolors, had to do with the work's portability. A lot of
1: well-educated, wealthy people um, learned watercolor just as part of their basic education. And they preferred the water-based medium because it was portable, and they could do it more easily and more quickly than oil paintings. Um, It was really just part of your general education they were popular for landowners to have portraits of their property. They were also popular for depicting British scenery. And with increase in travel to the European continent, they were also very popular for travelers to make records of their trips. So the fact that they were portable is really important. And again, it was part of your general education to become a cultured, well-educated person. Being able to draw was an important part of that. And for this early school of fine arts which was then called the department of freehand and mechanical drawing it it had a bit of what you might consider that finishing school type of approach where you should just know how to draw you should just know about culture the fact that many of the pieces that were collected by or purchased by alfred mansfield brooks included a lot of um, monuments famous monuments was important because he thought That it would have an interdisciplinary effect where people from all different departments, whether they're studying history or whether they were studying art, could benefit from looking
0: at these beautiful watercolors of, say, famous ruins. The exhibition contains eight paintings in all drawn from the museum's collection of over 100 British watercolors. The earliest examples on display date back to the 18th century. The earliest work we have up on view is by John Robert Cousins. And it's um,
1: the ruins in the Campania near Rome. This was the lowland prairie surrounding Rome. And he traveled two times down um, to the continent through the Alps and was among the first artists to really show the artistic possibilities of the continental landscape and was particularly influential in that. favors an almost monochrome Approach The image itself um, shows the, the ruins in a silhouette against this golden background. So it's a very limited color palette, but very dramatic. The scene also shows a little shepherd because the interest wasn't in so accurately depicting the monument, but to get the feel of the passage of time. It's a very pastoral, very calm image. We often call this a picturesque style. The opposite of that it would have been called the sublime. And the sublime that was popularized by somebody like Turner really favored the dramatic, the dangerous. There's a lot more color in it. We have a work by John Martin, who's believed to be a somewhat self-taught artist, called Ship on a, in a Stormy Sea. And in the background, you see ruins as well. But in this case, they're, they're kind of foreshadowing the crashing of
0: the ship. Um, so it's a different take on this ruined subject. In addition to these early works, the exhibit features more recent examples by artists from the late 19th and early 20th centuries. We
1: also have a couple of pieces that reflect a more modern approach, and those are by Thomas Marjorie Hay and Thomas Schroeder-Boys. And those show a more impressionistic approach to landscape painting that would lead in to what we saw in the works of the French Impressionists. They really just were done very quickly to capture the atmospheric effects that were seen in front
0: of them. Due to their delicate condition, Brewer says that this is a rare opportunity to see pieces from the museum's British watercolor collection on public display.
1: Paper is very susceptible to ultraviolet light. These works can't be on view very long. So the reason we wanted to focus on this as a new-in-the-gallery installation is because we cannot keep them on public view. Now, they're always available by contacting the museum, and you can arrange for an appointment to see these in our print study room. But they will only now be on view through um, mid-February. So people need to get over there and see them quickly before they are put back in storage to rest and sleep for their
0: preservation. IU Art Museum Curator... of Works on Paper, Nanette Brewer. The new in-the-gallery exhibition of British watercolors is on display at the IU Art Museum through mid-February.